0: Welcome to the Exec MBA Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. On this episode of the podcast, I'm excited to share my recent conversation with Brett Leach and Kevin O'Neill. Brett and Kevin are second year students in our Executive MBA class of 2024, and they are also leaders of the Darden Executive Veteran Student Organization, or DEV as it's called here at Darden. Recently connected with Brett and Kevin to talk more about their backgrounds, how they decided to pursue an MBA, what led them to Darden, Devs, plans for the upcoming year, and so much more. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. So without further ado, here's my interview with Brett Leach and Kevin O'Neill. Brett, Kevin, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks, Thanks, Brett.
0: It's great to have you here. Brett, how's everything going? How are you doing?
1: Things are going well. Um, I'm actually headed to Finland and Estonia with the program next week, so I'm pretty excited about that. Absolutely. Have you been to either of those countries before? I have not. No, I'm I'm pretty excited. It's part of why I picked them. Also, you get a yeah. two for one on that trip.
0: That's right. Uh, oftentimes, you're just going to one country on a global residency, unless you go to the Finland Estonia global residency. You get two places. Uh, there's also a trip to Argentina taking place that same week, and the part-time MBA students, uh, and a few executive MBA students, as I understand it, also heading to Italy. So not too shabby.
1: No, no, a few people actually are going straight from Estonia to Italy. So I heard about this. I
0: I don't even know how this is possible. We have students going from the Argentina global residency to the to the Italy global residency and Finland, Estonia, as noted to Italy. I ah, man, I gotta we got to have these people on the podcast to find out how <laughs> do you even do all that? <laughs> yeah, I'd be Amazing. exhausted. For sure, Kevin. How are you doing? Are you going on multiple global residencies in the next two weeks?
2: I am doing well. I am not, uh, so I I elected to go the Embo route uh, and did Spain for the the very first go round. But uh, I've I've also taken advantage of the uh, even though I'm missing out on the the Darden um, global uh, the last global residency period. My wife and I went to Aruba, so we still went internationals. Maybe just a little more. Uh, a little different flavor than uh, than doing the, the tours of the various businesses, but uh, it, it's a hard choice to make.
0: Well, that, that sounds very nice. So um, y'all are now officially in, in the elective period of the program, quarter six, quarter eight, kind of in this uh, sort of transition period. Um, Kevin, what's it feel like to be at this point in the program? You kind of rewind back a year ago, you were just getting started for the pro- with the program. How's How does that feel? How does
2: it compare? uh it's definitely a different feel it's noticeable because you know you get used to uh everyone kind of being not only in the same class uh, and and we you know i know we rotate uh sections by um semester to really get exposure so everyone can in the whole cohort can have an opportunity to share a classroom together um but it's definitely different where you know even from the simple things like we have a discord uh chat um and we had the realization that no we don't just have three course channels uh that everyone is on but we had to make all of them and hey you got to go in and sign you know so it's there's the noticeable changes um but it is interesting in its own way because especially for the case format uh you get into some of the classes that have a smaller population and it i think lends itself to an even more robust case experience because you do you know uh, for example i'm in the sustainable global value chains class and we have about i want to say 17 or 20 people in it uh so there's significantly less than say you know 60 to 65 person section um for the core courses and it's amazing how much uh, more you really get to dive in on an individual level Um, and you feel much less like you're taking up the, you know, I got to get my, my quick 20 seconds in, uh, make sure I'm not taking up too much time, uh, in the discussion, make sure I'm advancing the point. So it's, it's got its pluses and minuses, but you do notice like, oh yeah, you know, some folks might only be taking two courses and you're like, Hey, I haven't seen so-and-so today. Like, yeah, they don't have class on Friday. You'll see them on Saturday. And it's just, it is definitely an adjustment.
0: Brett, how's it feel? Here you are in the elective period about a year ago, you were starting
1: the program. Yeah, I mean, uh, time really flies. It goes by so fast. Um, The elective period's been great. Um, I'm really enjoying my electives right now, Um, taking mergers and acquisitions, entrepreneurship through acquisition and valuations, and they're all really fun and really interesting, but also a lot of work. So um, I'm excited to knock out those finals and move on to the next set of electives.
0: That's right. In this program, every couple, couple months, you get new classes, Kevin, what are you taking? Uh, you
2: mentioned the, the operation, I mean, sorry, the su- supply chain, um, yeah, so I'm, I am in, uh, valuations, uh, sustainable global value chains. I'm also in uh, ETA, um, as well. Um, so it's, uh, which is kind of interesting because ETA and, and M&A have a lot of overlap. Um, it's just kind of, you know, I've, I'm not in MA to compare, but from you know talking to Brett and others, uh, there's a lot of overlap. you are like, yeah, same valuation, you know, maybe different business size, but a, a lot of the same principles applying. So um, I really enjoyed it. Uh uh with that said, I I also I, I think Brett was probably a kindred spirit, uh, knowing his background. Um, that you know, similar to most of the the uh quarters where I've had a lot of Maybe not all quant, but uh, definitely a, a quant influence, and then being able to go from there to the qualitative uh, is, is very enjoyable to me. So being able to tailor that, um, and I know other folks that felt the exact opposite. My my selection criteria was, oh, is there an Excel spreadsheet I could work on in here? Like, you know, I don't live for that, but I, I prefer it over say. Um, you know, an uh, extended paper. Uh, we'll say uh, that's just my preference. So, other people I know in the class who very much identify more of the poet route, and they're like, "Get me away from quant at all costs." I did my core, you know, I got it, got my base, but uh, I want to, I want to maybe go some of the, the other more qualitative classes, uh, and I think that's also a beauty to it as well as, um, we have a good foundation. You know, six quarters. It's definitely a fire hose on some some portions. But uh, everyone I think is, you know, okay, we got a solid base. Now let's really try and branch out to um, some folks saying, hey, let me lean right into what I don't do well. Other folks, uh, uh, I would say I'm doing that as well because I'm still learning a ton, even if it is maybe something I'm interested in. Uh, and other folks saying, hey, let me let me go really expand and, and, and get even better. Um, you know, And you, you really can't go wrong with the fact that you got a dart from that perspective.
0: Well, let's talk a little bit more about your respective backgrounds Uh, before we get into the the sort of general purpose for this conversation, which is to talk more about the Darton Executive Veteran Student Organization. Brett, uh, tell us a little bit more about you, who you are, uh, what what to do, uh, and and what you did before coming to Darton.
1: Yeah, um, well, uh, this is a detail that people don't find as interesting as I do, but I grew up in a small historic maritime town on the coast of Maine, and I make sure I tell everybody that. Um, But uh, from there, I went to the Naval Academy and studied ocean engineering, Um, served five years on active duty, uh, the first half as a surface warfare officer on a destroyer, and the second half as a project manager in shipyards. Um, When I got out, I uh, found a small energy company in Houston, Texas. Um, They hired me as their 20th employee. I worked as an analyst on a trade floor and uh, in their business development group um, for about 10 years working on natural gas, uh, infrastructure deals and LNG supply deals and um, some energy transition, renewable type deals. So it was all very interesting. All right, Kevin. Tell us a little bit more about your background.
2: Uh, yeah, so uh, you know, believe it or not, Brett and I pulled off the uh, the Navy takeover of uh, the Darwin Executive Veterans Club leadership. Uh, so that was pretty successful. Although I guess it was a handoff because uh, Jared was also a naval guy. So um, yeah, we're we're continuing that fun tradition. But uh, I was uh, went to the University of Michigan for undergrad. Uh, commissioned in the Navy uh, after that, and I was an F eighteen weapons systems officer. Um, so conveniently now, I don't have to say like goose, but a little different. I can now say I was like Bob from the more recent Top Gun movie, um, you know, and that that's how I describe it. Uh, so I can clarify to people that uh, what my job was. I did that for about nine years. Uh, left active duty in February 21 uh, and, and took on a role in uh, defense contracting in the the greater Washington D.C. area. Uh, so working in a government acquisitions office and. Um, you know, have been doing that. Uh one of the things, you know, leading up to Darden, uh, take the Metro to the Pentagon. Sure enough, there's a Darden app. Uh, sure. so that that was uh certainly, I know there's a, a big presence here, obviously, for the executive program, but also just more holistically, I know it's a very big concentration area for for Darden and UVA writ large. Um, but uh yeah, that was what I was doing there and um thought, hey, that would be a good idea to to go pursue uh, what, what they have.
0: Brad, I'm wondering, how did you get interested in, in pursuing an MBA?
1: What, what led you to say that this is the right next step for me? Um, you know, I think for me, it came down to uh, the realization that I had certain knowledge and skill gaps that I wanted to fill to help um, achieve my personal and professional goals. Um, I was lucky enough to have, you know, two separate careers where I learned a lot on the job um but but still have those knowledge gaps that i wanted to fill
0: kevin does that resonate with you or are there other other reasons you decided to pursue an mba
2: um yeah i think very similarly uh when i was looking to make the transition i was kind of uh, broadly interested in what's next um you know similar to brett uh i was an rtc student so all four years that i was an undergrad i had an idea that as long as I didn't do something to mess it up, I knew where I was headed uh, after graduation. Um, but I certainly didn't have uh, it was it was very much an overwhelming experience when looking to transition as to okay, what do I want to do, and you know where how can I build out my skills better to to um, you know continue to hopefully be successful and. One of the things, as I was looking at that, both uh, leading up to the transition and after it, was seeing that you know similarly, I had a lot of uh, information deficit with uh, you know the business side um, of stuff. I d- I didn't really have the opportunity in undergrad um, to go uh, supplement anything um, there, and I took some online courses that uh, I was able to you know look at some basic finance or things of that nature and. I really started to find the interest in the interplay between the technical, uh, similarly, you know, and okay, can I translate this to a broader audience? It doesn't have to just be um, completely go down the hardcore technical engineering or science route uh, to be interesting work. And if anything, there can be a lot more interest being kind of at that nexus point um, and understanding both sides of it uh, to to really drive success. So I, I saw the I felt like I had a pretty solid background uh, in a variety of different, you know, kind of technical areas, and I thought this would be a really good opportunity to to round myself out, um, you know, both right now and in the the here and now, and and moving forward uh, for for whatever comes next.
0: Brett, how did you get interested in Dart, and what led you to say this is the place where I want to do my uh, executive MBA program?
1: You know, I've been thinking about MBA programs for a decade, um, and poked around, talked to a lot of different programs, and kind of kept coming back to Darden, um, but didn't want to take the time off to do a full time program, and started looking more closely at the executive program, and that's a big part of how I ended up here, Um, and in particular. Darden's kind of famous for its teaching excellence and, and um, its strong community and network. And um, I don't know if it's famous for this, but it's something that I understood to be true, which was a, a focus on ethics that I really appreciated. Um, so those those kind of things kind of helped me realize that that Darden was the right the right fit for me. Um, I also from a GI Bill perspective, uh, appreciated that it was a state school. Uh, it goes a lot further.
0: Yeah, I appreciate all of those, all of those things. I do think Dart has a reputation as being a, a school, uh, has a reputation in, in ethics, uh, Ed Freeman, stakeholder theory, all of that is very much part of the, the firmament here at Darden. And you're right to your point about military benefits. I mean, if you've spent some time on our website, if you're 100% eligible for military benefits, you realize, uh, for GI Bill specifically, you realize that historically that's meant that all of tuition, most fees uh, would be covered if you do the program as a veteran, you also will be receiving a housing allowance uh, that's keyed to the Roslyn location. So uh, financially, a pretty attractive option.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Kevin, you mentioned seeing uh, some ads on the metro. Um, What led you to say Darden is where you wanted to
2: be? I would say uh, they—they definitely supplemented. I I think similar to Brett, Um, you know, obviously uh, starting with a broad search and trying to identify, hey, what's what's the right approach, um, full time versus a a professional format, Um, and. You know, knew knew that Darden obviously, based on the the reputation and and um, the the various rankings, uh, some of the various um, transition focused uh, social media accounts and stuff that I follow. One of which uh, is is run by who at the time was a uh, active Darden full time student and now is a, a, a proud alum. Uh, but I'm uh, Mark Delaney running the the veteran professional account uh and i know he's he's also got his own startup that he started uh to try and help with that transition as well so um there, there was a lot of things drawing me in there i think one of the big things was um especially for darden and the, the executive format um that attracted me was being able to stay in the dc area um i didn't have to move uh thankfully i, I was stationed in virginia beach for the majority of my time on active duty um but i also uh was trying to balance not just having my wife and i have to pick up and move yet another time to then have to pick up and move yet another time um you know and and so there's there's a trade-off there but uh it was hard to turn down when you took into account all those things from gi bill the the high quality education and reputation that darton has um the community it has and uh and then the the geographical location all those things really came together. And 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 also, I know, you know, the, the part-time program in the second year, that was one of the first things I looked at uh, until I had a conversation with you and and really settled on, um yeah, the executive route would be the, the way to go for me. So that's kind of how I settled there. I appreciate that. I mean, having the part-time
0: program, I think it, it brings people into the, the process. And what's great about our role is we can help you figure out Is that the right program? Is the Executive MBA program the right program? Once you've decided that you want to work while pursuing your degree, that's where I think our admissions team can be really helpful and kind of view our role as like we're listening to you and thinking about where you are in your career, what group's going to really challenge and engage you, uh, what schedule might work best for you, all all of these kinds of things. And so that's why we have conversations, lots of points of interaction for folks um, as they go through this process. So um, Brett, thinking back again about starting, uh, business school. I mean, for most of our executive MBA students, they've been out of school for a while. They're coming back to school. Uh, what was the adjustment like uh, as a brand new executive MBA student here at Darg?
1: Uh Yeah, it's, it's. Um, I don't know if shock's the right word, but you kind of get thrown in the deep end and, and figure it out. My um, 15-year college reunion is, is in a few weeks. So uh, when I started the program, it had been a little while since I um, had done any schoolwork, let alone Part time, um, so figuring out that kind of balance um, and how to manage that workload, the additional workload is um, is an adjustment, but you figure it out.
0: Yeah, uh, any thoughts on 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 along these lines? I mean, first year, I, I think for most of our executive MBA students, it probably takes them a few quarters to kind of feel settled in.
2: What was the adjustment uh, like like for you? It was definitely adjustment in, in a few different ways, one getting uh, acclimated to the case method, I think is a unique thing to Darden, uh, as opposed to maybe, um, you know, uh, some other uh, formats, programs, or even, you know, outside the scope of just MBA, but just the idea of going back to school. Uh, it was, it was very much a different classroom environment. Um, and I think that kind of brings with it also the getting back into the mindset of, Oh man, I've got homework. I've got readings. I've got to prepare for class, uh, and you know the the added dynamic of and Whereas I did it in undergrad, where I was just a college student, uh, and that was all I had to do. Now I've got a full time job, so uh, it definitely takes a little bit. Um, I think there's a mindset as well um, that you kind of come in with. it's a great community, but you're trying to balance that with a a motivation that you really want to do well, um, you know, and balancing that with understanding that, hey, you know, you don't need to completely kill yourself on this. You need to focus on just, I want to have a good takeaway from the class. I want to be able to learn something new and the focus on learning as opposed to, okay, I need to go I need to go get an a on every single thing possible. Uh, and that's the only motivation here. It's like, yeah, yeah, okay, we, we got it, you want to do well, but you know, let's actually focus on what you should really worry about, which is taking away something from each class. Um, and, and, and doing it, you know, at your pace and your level um, was, uh, was certainly something that took me a little bit to, to adjust to, because I think I'm so used to No, there's one goal.
0: Right, I think at most other points in people's educational experience, very grade directed, grade motivated. Right, that's how you judge: did you do well in the course? What grades you make? Uh, a little different when you come back as an executive based student. I want to talk about getting comfortable with the case method. Like, was there a breakthrough for you where you realized, like, oh, this is how this works. This is how I can contribute. Um, is there a point where it became clear how, how you learn through this this approach?
2: Um. I so full disclosure, I, I did a lot of research, but I missed a very key component of the appeal of Darden uh, when I found out that it was case based after I was admitted. Um, but that actually uh, ended up suiting really well. Uh, when I first sat through a mock case and it was before LR1 um, and Yale led it and it was just I was like, oh, this is awesome because this is very much more how I learned is kind of that interaction, that dialogue back and forth. Um, I definitely think it was probably more so towards the end of Q one, maybe start of Q2, where I think myself and 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 I would say probably more so even just the section or the, the cohort in general. I think that we all kind of started to understand, okay, it's yes, there's a participation, you know, again, there's a participation aspect to your performance, but it's not. Of volume game to do well there and so I think as we got more comfortable with the idea that hey the point of this is to have a conversation amongst the class to enhance learning um and it's not just rapid fire responses um that that for myself and I think again for I think the whole class you kind of learn but I'd say it's maybe it takes some repetitions uh, to go through a couple online and then OGRs and even some different dynamics there um, to really get comfortable with it. But it it was mainly just a, okay, I've, you know, I've I've seen this enough times that I feel like I'm starting to understand what is value added versus maybe, hey, not as much or how to go about it the right way. But not sure if Brett feels different.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, it was sort of funny to watch during LR1 when we all were kind of thrown into the case method together. Every time a professor asked a question, I think every hand went up uh, as everyone tried to participate. And then as time went on, people got into a rhythm and got to know each other and would even help each other through the case method process, um, whether that was on learning teams uh to prep for class because sometimes you just don't have the time to get fully prepared and so you rely on each other um, but also in class um, if other students felt like somebody hadn't been called on um, just because of the pacing of the class they would refer the professor to that person um, or uh, I, people have sent messages messages to each other with the answers if they got cold called um, and things like that to try to help each other out and and work as a team to, to succeed.
0: Yeah, thank you for indulging the question. I, I think it is part of the adjustment for people, right? It's a new learning experience. Most people are much more used to the didactic lecture base. Faculty member comes in and says, here are all the things you need to know about this. And case methods a little bit flipped from that. You do a lot of that technical understanding and development outside of class. You come to class to test your understanding. And so it's all about application. And so that's that's different for people. Um, and it takes a little while to get used to. So I appreciate uh, the additional color. I mentioned the the goal, the purpose of this conversation we have is an annual tradition. We have the leaders of student organizations on the podcast to talk about the organizations, what led them to get involved in leadership role. Uh, This is our conversation about the Darden Executive Veterans Student Organization, what previously used to be known as the Veteran Executive Students at Darden Student Organization, gone through a rebrand. It's now the Darden Executive Veterans Student Organization. So, Brett, tell us a little bit more about what this organization is all about.
1: Yeah, uh, the organization really is here to provide a community and support for the veterans in the program um, as well as prospective students. Um, We try to make sure that Kevin and I try to make sure we're available to talk to uh, candidates to help them understand what Darden is like and understand what the application process is like and how to uh, succeed through that process. Um, as well as have get-togethers for current students, act as a liaison between the administration and the veterans, um, and um, kind of assist the career development group at Darden um, with um, any veteran-specific uh, uh, jobs or careers.
2: Kevin, anything you would want to add about about Dev? Um, You know, the only thing is, uh, I I guess, by name, you'd think it's only veteran, but there's obviously, you know, the the full gamut of military community, uh, both, you know, folks on active duty, uh, as well as, um, you know, military affiliated uh, spouses that may be uh, leveraging uh, GI Bill or other VA type benefits. Um, and so we we definitely try and keep it, you know, uh, as inclusive an environment and, and also for anyone who's interested in just being an ally to kind of the veteran community, um, you know, including them as well. But definitely, I would say the focus is um, yeah, the bulk of our interaction is probably uh, along the lines of what Brett's talking about, of, you know, just trying to be uh, as helpful as possible, supportive uh, within the community um, and, and helping with any of, you know, the If we can relieve some admin burden, uh, we're familiar with it, and we appreciate it when other people help us out, so we try and do the same.
0: I know a lot of our clubs and organizations, now that we have a part-time program, are also in the process of sort of building connection across part-time MBA and executive MBA. Darden Executive Veterans, historically, was focused on executive MBA students, launched and created at a time where we only had executive MBA students. We now have executive MBA and part-time MBA students. Brett, how are y'all building these connections uh, with part-time students. I don't know if you also engage with MSBA students, the other professional degree population we have up here, but um, any thoughts along these lines?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's um, one day at a time, and I think those like uh, happy hours and various social events help a lot with that, um, as, as well as any email communications that go to all students. So we have an MBA career conference um, for veterans coming up in October in Atlanta, and um keeping that communication up and engagement up with the part-time and executive students um it's a big part of that
2: do you have anything you'd like to share uh you know uh the the other thing brett and i kind of chuckled because you mentioned a rebrand uh that that has been a topic of conversation recently to make sure that uh because you know i think the the goal is to try and align it uh so that the clubs are inclusive uh, you know independent of format um executive or or part-time or even msba uh, uh ba but uh we are looking at ways to you know uh rename we haven't nailed anything down yet but with the intent um to really expand that scope so folks don't feel like oh that's only for the executive students or that sort of thing um and you know and and we're also uh trying to you know align that to create a little more uh relationship even to the residential program with the Dartmouth Military Association. So um I think there's a, a big focus there. Uh and we realize it can be difficult to align schedules even between the two executive classes, let alone the the part-timers. Um, but uh we're we're definitely trying to do what we can there to to find ways to bring people together. Well Brett, I wonder what the
0: organization has planned uh for the for the coming months. I mean you're 100%, 100% correct, but there's a lot happening in the background, a lot around community and just bringing people together. But you have the Veterans Conference, anything else that you're looking forward to, uh, just circled on your calendar? Uh,
1: the biggest thing coming up next is this career conference um, that we're all pretty excited about. Uh, Kevin and I are working on a happy hour before we go into the holidays. Um, we'll, we'll see if we can pull that off in November. Um, and, uh, and then there is a service academy career conference, um, in November as well in Dallas, um, that we'll put the word out here, uh, for shortly.
0: Kevin, anything, uh, dev related that, that you're looking
2: forward to that you're excited about? uh and there's uh one more thing actually next week up in new york the military veterans another uh org that has a networking conference going on uh 28th and 29th so i'm I'm going uh, and i think there's a few others uh in in the club that are also going um but yeah everything else like it uh, like brett said we're just uh trying to keep everything on schedule or or get it on the schedule
0: also, well, for some of our listeners these kinds of large conferences this may be the first time that they're hearing uh, about them um, how do you see that how do you see them fitting into the career process for folks who may be already transitioned veteran out there already working in the world or people who are in the process of transitioning out of the military to the civilian
1: world uh, Brett any any thoughts here well I think that um... One of the great things about the Executive MBA program, um, and I'm sure the part-time program as well uh, at Darden, is that uh, there's a real focus on career development, um, and and that's incredibly helpful to have uh, career coaches who are there to support you as you develop a resume and come up with a personal pitch and uh, search for different uh, opportunities, whether that's Within your current career, or um, or if you're transitioning to something new, you know that might be coming out of the military, or it might be, you know, transitioning from energy to finance, or or things along those lines. And having those people there to help you uh, is is incredibly helpful and valuable.
0: Kevin, you mentioned you're going to one of these conferences uh, just next week. How do you see uh, the conferences uh, fitting into the career process for for working professional students?
2: Um, I think that one of the biggest things, you know, and Brett had mentioned the career services team, but we, you know, we do have done a number of professional development uh, courses and they highlight, you know, really independent of your career goal, whether it's climbing, completely switching, or you're just kind of curious about various different industries. Uh, One of the best ways to learn that is through networking. Uh, I'll be the first to admit that as I was making the career transition off active duty in the first uh, case, uh, that, was almost a four-letter word to me because I just didn't like the idea of that. It seemed very transactional. Um, and I, I think, especially for the military community, that is not an uncommon uh thing. Um, but I think it's also interesting because often word of mouth is, you know, and reputation uh is is what you are working to maintain or build uh as you as you forge relationships on active duty or in the military. And um you might not actively go out to try to network, um, but you almost inherently do it. So I think it's more of a you know a human nature thing uh, from this perspective right now, really into you know, it's just interesting to go gain exposure to people in different industries, gain different ideas. and um you know you might be able to bring something back talking to someone who works in finance or consulting to say I'm going to you know in Brett's case, I'm gonna sell something in the natural gas area or, Hey, I'm gonna solve a defense problem that you know where I just learned about this new thing. Um, so it's you really don't know what uh, relationships you'll make, and you don't really know uh, until you go out and you know have those conversations. Um, but it can it can always benefit you. And then just realistically, in the long run, having the ability to say, "Hey, I met you at this conference. I'm really interested in what you're doing. You know that may end up spurring another opportunity you didn't know that you were interested in.
1: Yeah, I'd just add real quick. I I think, uh, you know, that's a great point, Kevin. The networking piece is so key and something that in the military we are very uncomfortable with, feel like it's slimy. Um, But it's really just uh, it's really just being curious and and going out and talking to people who do something that you're interested in and want to learn more about. And I think that's pretty fundamental. And and what's great is that uh, Darden alumni are so open to it. I've reached out to so many different people who didn't know who I was. And just because I'm at Darden uh, and they went to Darden, they happily had a conversation with me and answered questions that I had about their jobs and their industries.
0: Well, it's a huge part of the career process for any, any student at Darden. It's building these relationships, leveraging those relationships potentially to your next opportunity. And. I love your point about curiosity that's really what you're doing you're just you're asking people tell me about your career how'd you get here what's the experience like working at this company any advice for someone who's considering this kind of role anybody else you think i should speak to you're asking a lot of questions um and really well, as you have these conversations you're building relationships with people that you're going to stay in touch with and help them and share with them how the process is going as you move forward hey i talked to this person thank you so much for the introduction i'm also going to have this meeting with this other person i mean it's just building relationships um, but you're right uh, when you say networking it hits people in a very kind of transactional way and, and people don't feel feel comfortable with it at all so um brett i wonder what you're looking forward to just generally you uh in the in the coming months any things that that you are excited about um
1: i'm definitely excited about my trip to finland and Estonia um but on on top of that i'm I'm honestly looking forward to uh to my electives coming up Uh, i'm i was able to get a bunch of classes that i really wanted to take and i'm excited to learn about those things um and uh and kind of enjoy the last few months several months of uh being at Darton. that said I won't mind the reduction in workload when we do graduate in May. That will be kind of nice.
0: Is there one elective that when you saw the elective lineup,
1: was there was one elective that you said, I have to be in that class? There were a few, but there was one in particular, and it's a brand new elective, and I'm, I'm finishing it up right now, and that's uh, entrepreneurship through acquisition. Um, I... I honestly would recommend that class to people, even if they aren't interested in acquiring a small business. It, it, it covers so much ground um, from raising capital to capital structure, to small business operations, and it kind of ties everything together, I think, pretty nicely. Um, and uh, And I think people will find value in that even if they don't go acquire a business.
0: Evan, how about you? What are you looking forward to? Obviously, you got a career conference in your not so distant future, but what else?
2: Um, that's a good question. It's I feel like my wife and I every time we look at the calendar, we realize that there's still no uh, no white space on there. Uh, so it, I, I'm definitely looking forward to. Uh, though I, I feel I'll miss out at both Argentina and Finland, and Estonia it sound like fun trips. I think that'll uh, in the near term be a nice little interim uh, between um the Milvet conference uh, to get a little bit of just a, a reset uh because I will be going uh, along with Brett to the Atlanta conference as well um and I you know uh in the not so distant future I'll, I'll I'll finish my my trend of finding a way to make a global residency uh line up you know on my own terms but uh my wife and I'll be going to Rio in uh, February uh so uh, we'll just miss the carnival crowd, which hopefully is, uh, you know, it's it's a little more subdued, but uh, I've never been, uh, never been to South America before at all either. So kind of along those same lines from a travel standpoint, hitting uh, hitting something that I, I haven't been able to uh, to do before. It's a
0: nice place to be. We well, went there back in November 2019 with our executive MBA class of 2021. Uh, we were in Sao Paulo and in Rio. Um, and nice to be there in February uh, counter season. Go from cold to warm. Uh, we, it was great. Um, you'll have a you'll have a fantastic time. I wonder. Same question for you that I asked Brett. Um, is there a class? Like when you looked at the elective lineup, you said I had to be in this class. It's, I, I
2: got to make sure that I'm in this particular course. I'm trying to think through what my bids were it it ended up working out quite well uh that you know and and I think they tell everybody that like hey you're you're likely to get into your electives it it would very much be the exception um if you didn't I definitely think uh the project management one with a Yael uh, I think it'll be an interesting subject matter but she's also just uh very much an, an awesome teacher uh that I was like okay you know I to a certain extent, she will make whatever subject matter interesting to me because she's such such a good person uh, to, to learn from. Uh, and I was also really interested in um, j turn course, the behavioral decision making with uh, Manel. Um, I think that's going to be a really, really cool uh, course to build on our our core DA. Uh, yeah, I will say
0: I've heard from people who've t- taken both those classes that they, they love them. Um, behavioral decision making comes up quite often people just like I mean I had people come out of that class saying that is the best class they took at Darden uh and that's I mean you're talking 10 days J term is literally 10 days um from between New Year's and MLK day i just amazing Manel uh friend of the podcast he's been on an office hours so he helped us out with Darden before Darden uh Manel boss for those of you who are Googling or trying to look this person up definitely somebody worth knowing so um uh, well, a last question for you, Brett. Um, piece of advice: something you would encourage our prospective student listeners uh, to consider as they think about their own MBA journeys.
1: Um, I think for prospective applicants, um, I would I would advise um, getting involved in your community and, and maybe taking on some leadership roles. I think especially. If you're coming out of the military and you don't uh, feel that same sense of purpose in your career um, or service, it's a good opportunity to get involved and serve again. Um, and and I think build the right kind of uh, skill set that I think Darden's probably looking for, which are people that want to serve and want to lead and want to be members of their community. Um, and then I think as a student um, I, I, or for students or prospective students, I would uh, kind of go back to what Something Kevin said earlier, which is really focus on what you want to learn and take out of the program. Uh, don't be so concerned with your grades, per se. Um, I think uh, the t- time flies in the program. It goes by so fast. If you want to if you're curious about entrepreneurship or want to understand that the key thing you want to understand is economics, like focus on those things, ask those questions, connect with your classmates about those things, reach out to faculty and staff, and don't don't wait for them to reach out to you per se. Um, I think people are always interested to talk, to talk to you about the things that you're interested in. And, um, it's not that there's a rush, but, but it's just such a great opportunity to really focus on the things that you want to take away from the program. Um, and, uh, just don't let it slip by. I appreciate
0: that. that. That intention is really important, particularly when you're doing a program like the executive MBA program, 21 months start to finish, Things move really quickly uh, to Kevin's point earlier. Uh, there's not a lot of downtime. Like you're gonna go from quarter to quarter to quarter. And next thing you know, you wake up and you're moving into quarter eight. And oh my gosh, we've just got a few more months and then we'll finish up here. So really being clear about what you wanna get out of this experience, what your priorities are and trying to maximize the experience as much as you can. Get as much out and meet as many people as you can. Super important. Uh, Kevin, same question for you. A piece of advice that you would share with our prospective student listeners.
2: Uh, I'd say definitely for prospective students, uh, one of the biggest things, kind of that that advice on networking, I think starts really even just as part of learning what the right uh, option for, for the individual person is. So not feeling um, beholden to one format or another, uh, talk to folks in the residential program, talk to folks in the part-time program, the executive program. Uh, don't feel like you need to um, you know preemptively self-select to one thing or another Um, and yeah folks are busy but people are way more happy to help when someone reaches out and asks me if I can tell them you know hey what was your experience like whether it's transition joining the program going through the admissions process what have you Uh, I'm already a talker so like You know, they'll they'll certainly uh, get an earful, probably regret uh, jumping in on it. But they, you know, I feel like that in most of my interactions when I'm the person seeking someone uh, out to learn from them, just like Brett said. You're genuine in that and people are more than happy to give you their time, Um, you know, even if it's only 30 minutes to really help you because they were previously in your shoes. And I think it's easy to forget that. It's very intimidating to say like, hey, I'm going to reach out and bother somebody to ask them about it. Um, but but really, it is it is not a bother. Folks are more than happy to give them info just to make sure people have, you know, the best or can make the best decision and have the best info. Um, and if you don't do that outreach, you're, you're inherently going to put yourself at an information deficit um, and you really don't have to. And then, you know, hopefully when they do start up, uh, like like you've mentioned and, and Brett mentioned, time does really fly by. I can barely believe, you know, we went down to Charlottesville last month to welcome the new class of 25 uh, doing LR1, and we all kind of stopped and looked around for a second. We're like, holy, that that was a year ago. That went by really, really quickly. Um, but also, I you know, I, I hope folks realize it does go quickly, so really lean into it and, you know, embrace the challenge while it's there, uh, take advantage of the opportunity if there are You know, hey, three tough classes, but I think I can take away something from all three of those. Don't be scared of that and just really lean into it.
0: Brett, Kevin, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been great talking with you. Um, and best of luck to Dev in the in the months ahead. Exciting career conferences, and I'm sure it sounds like y'all have got a happy hour or two in your future as well. So thank you, Ken. Thank you, Brett.
2: Thanks, Brett. Really appreciate it.
0: And that was my interview with Brett Leach and Kevin O'Neill, two second-year students in our Executive MBA class of 2024 and leaders of the Darden Executive Veterans Student Organization. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We can reach at that exec, that's E-X-E-C, MBA at Darden.Virginia.edu. Till next time, stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening.